My entitled parents accused me of stealing my sister's class ring, stating that I stole it because I was jealous and that I was bitter because my sister always looked better than I did. And despite the fact that there's no way I could have possibly stolen the ring, they still to this day bring this up and try and hold this against me. Here's what happened. So this story is another of many times where I wasn't the source of the problem, but was blamed for theft. And our parents always bring it up to throw it back in my face as if it's going to magically make it reappear out of thin air. Now, I'm sure that most schools in the USA has done this, where the students are allowed to have what's called a class ring. My middle and high school had this, and I really wanted one, because one of my classmates were getting one. But since I'm not into the super fancy ones, I picked the most simple looking one, which I found out was actually the men's ring, or what my moms call the boring rings. Needless to say, my parents refused to let me get one, because I didn't know anything about style, and she refused to let me get the man's ring, despite it being fairly cheap. But when my younger sister Molly asked for one, they said to her, okay, which one would you like, sweetie? Molly then proceeded to pick out the most expensive one and her parents were okay with it, filled out the order form and handed her the check and she was so happy about it. But I was upset and I called out our parents about letting Molly get a ring, but not me. And this was during a time where I wasn't working yet, so I couldn't pay for my own things. My parents just claimed that I'm jealous about how Molly has more fashion of a touch than me and knows how to pick out good rings. So that's when I reminded them that they told me to pick something cheap because they couldn't afford something very expensive. So I did just that and I picked out something cheap only for them to tell me no, it's too manly and boring. They claim they never said that and again claimed that I was jealous of Molly. Well, weeks went by and the day when the rings arrived, everyone who placed an order was called to go pick up their rings. Molly was happily waving her ring around and basically mocking me about it with a smug look on her face. Fast forward and literally the next day, the ring disappeared and Molly frantically searched for it. Before telling our parents that her ring disappeared, they immediately came up to me and actually demanded that I hand back the ring over to Molly. Confused, I tell her I had no clue where Molly's class ring was and that I didn't touch it. But my parents simply did not believe me as they went to such extreme lengths to basically interrogate me and blame me for stealing a ring that was my sister that it honestly absolutely blew my mind. So like I said, they didn't believe me and they literally spent hours interrogating me to get me to break and hand over the ring while I kept telling them that I hadn't taken the ring. I mean, I didn't even see it from when Molly got her ring up until she lost it. Molly wasn't even home yet and was off doing something who knows where and I was home the entire time focusing my complete attention on homework and studying for school and yet here is our parents chewing me out simply because because Molly claimed that I most likely had stolen it from her, despite us being in two different locations. It was due to this reason that I gave up on wanting pretty much anything, and whenever I had field trips, I'd either pay as much as I could out of pocket, or my grandma would secretly help me out instead, because my parents couldn't care less about my feelings, and only allowed their angel to have fun instead. Just a while ago, after Molly moved out, our parents brought up the class ring subject again, and rudely said, well, if you had just handed over the ring, instead of hiding it, it wouldn't have been such a big deal. And at this point, I got incredibly mad, so much so that I practically started shouting. I said, I have never touched her ring. You seriously need to use your brain. She wasn't even home and her ring was on her the entire time. How could I have stolen it if she had it the entire time? Wake up. They then told me to watch my tone because I'm making up excuses to hide where I put her ring. And the worst part about it is that even to the current day, they still blame me for something that I never did. 
did and are constantly bringing it up just to complain to me about it. As a result, I'm definitely going to go no contact with them, but I seriously doubt they'll care about losing a daughter. Instead, they will probably be more worried about who they'll turn to when they realize they can't leech off of me anymore. How obnoxious. Those parents are absolutely out of line. The fact that they would seriously blame their daughter for stealing a ring that they physically could not have stolen and still refusing to listen to any kind of reasoning behind that is obnoxious and shows their favoritism. And that's not fair for this daughter in the slightest. So I really don't blame them for going no contact with these people because they're obviously very toxic. And it also doesn't make any sense. She really did pick out a ring that was a lot cheaper and it was something that she liked. Who cares if it was a guy ring? Like that doesn't matter in my opinion. The original poster goes on to say that unfortunately they still live with them at the moment, but they're working on getting things sorted out so they can move out and get away from them. And that's honestly really good news to hear. I think this user is going to be a lot happier away from these people because they've proven that they seriously don't care about them and they only see them as a paycheck as well as a punching bag when they get bored. I mean, they bring this up all the time just to try and shove it in your face. And that's not fair because you did not steal her stupid ring because if anything, your sister probably just lost it and she's too much of an idiot to try and admit it. So hopefully one day you're able to get away from your toxic parents because they sound like absolutely miserable people to live with and I can only imagine how frustrating that living environment must truly be. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. An entitled wedding party absolutely ruins my night as they spend seven hours getting absolutely trashed and treating the place like a playground. And in the end, they still didn't even tip me or any other server. And I'm absolutely blown away. Here's what happened. So this took place a few years ago. I was working as the banquet captain at a fine dining restaurant that also does events in Orange County. The event was a large wedding. From the very beginning of the event, there were problems. One of the first people to arrive was the DJ. He seemed nice enough, and he told me he was the cousin of the bride, and he was doing the gig as a favor. Now, that wasn't really the problem. The real problem started when another guy showed up with his equipment and thought he was going to be the DJ. When I saw him roll in with all of his stuff, I immediately started asking him what he was doing, because I remembered him from other events. It turns out the bride had already booked him months in advance, and he had signed a contract for the gig. As I recall, he was due to be paid $500, not including the deposit. So, before the event even started, the bride got into a screaming match with the DJ, because she forgot that she booked him. It finally ended with this guy screaming that he has a contract, and that he is going to sue this lady. Anyways, the event itself was booked for about 100 people, so we had two bartenders and five servers. That may seem like a weird number for a party that big, but all the booze was cash and carry, meaning that guests would have to pay it for themselves. The guests arrived and everything was cruising along fine, all the way up until after the ceremony was over, and it was time to feed the guests who were absolutely acting like animals. As soon as everyone sits down, the whole place starts reeking of the herb, if you know what I mean. Now, this was before it was legal in California. We can get shut down if the health inspector drops in, and this place smells like Burning Man. The manager had to tell the bride and the groom that we will stop the event if they don't stop with all of this herb. Meanwhile, the wedding party is wrecked. They got to drink as much as they want, so shots of Fireball and Hennessy. The food for the party is three courses. Everyone, of course, gets the house salad, which is a basic mixed greens with a vinaigrette. It took almost half an hour to get the salads out because so many people had to have ranch instead. When it finally came time for the dinner to be rolled out, it took even longer. So many people had moved, we couldn't figure out where the food was supposed to go. Also, tons of meatheads completely changed their minds when they saw that there was prime rib 
web available. Oh, can I order that instead? Or they would say something like, that's not what I ordered. It was an absolute garbage show. We ended up with dozens of extra entrees that we ended up just throwing in the trash. Also, almost every single prime rib came back because it wasn't well done enough. When it came time for dessert, they had an ice cream based item that had to be in the fridge right up until we served it. Well, the fridge broke and all of their ice cream was basically soup. It was also a hot summer that year, so the broken fridge wasn't on them, but it really did add to the misery of the whole event. Now, after all the drama, I'm ready to just get my auto gratuity and just get out of there. When I gave the couple the bill, they immediately wanted to speak to a manager. They had him remove the auto gratuity because they said they were paying in cash and wanted to leave the tip in cash as well. I know, that makes no sense. It turns out that they didn't leave any tip at all. Seven servers and bartenders worked seven hours for these people and they stiffed us on a $6,000 check. We did, however, make $43 each from the cash and carry tips. That night, I went home and I googled the names of the bride and groom and lo and behold, the first thing that comes back are a couple of mugshots. What an absolute nightmare. Imagine waiting on these people for seven hours and they spend thousands of dollars on the food and the event for their stupid wedding and they not only come in there basically pre-gaming for this event, but also out of their mind under the influence the entire time, which is not fair for anybody involved, especially the servers. And to top it all off, they didn't even get tipped for the event. I mean, how vile of a human being do you have to be to act like that at such a big event? I mean, you should know better than acting that way. And you know what? In my opinion, the manager is also at fault here. There's no way I would have taken off that auto gratuity because those servers deserved every single tip and they deserved every penny after dealing with this level of a dumpster fire that is this wedding. Because putting up with that for seven hours is hard enough. But to also walk away without any kind of tip to show for it must be absolutely insulting. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My parents treat me like absolute garbage all the time, and after a lifetime of dealing with all of their terrible treatment, as well as their absolute neglect, I have finally put my foot down and decided to cut them out of my life. Here's what happened. So I want to say first, I had a difficult childhood, but not because of them. I was a happy kid who had friends and was kind of adjusted, but we were poor, jumped across the US about twice, and my siblings and father were all disabled in different ways. But when things really started to change, was when I was in high school around my junior year of school. I met a guy who became my best friend and then eventually we dated. Now newsflash, he was a terrible person. The relationship ended in me and my sister getting a restraining order against him as well as both of my siblings seeing and hearing things about me they should never have been exposed to. I eventually graduated high school even though with my grades I probably shouldn't have. Looking back, I'm pretty sure my teachers just pitied me and then after like a month I got 
diagnosed with ADHD, as well as anxiety and depression. Go figure, but I mean, who could have guessed? I get on Adderall and it all works great for maybe about one day. Then it fell apart into me having all-day panic attacks, vivid and extreme hallucinations, massive problems with an eating disorder, and an inability to control any emotion. It led to serious altercations with my youngest sibling over a dispute involving the dishwasher that I still to this day would do anything to reverse if I could. I don't remember that three-month period, and I've honestly blocked out most of the memories because they were so mentally and emotionally taxing that just thinking about them makes me depressed. But at the same time, I really thought my parents were doing everything they could to help me through that time. They could have done more, but I reasoned that they were working and didn't have all the time in the world to baby me, so I should just handle this myself. Eventually, all by myself, I decided to go cold turkey and went through withdrawals that were an absolute nightmare, and they were worse than the actual medication themselves. Looking back now, I realized that the only way my parents could have been more hands-off were if they had packed their bags and moved out. They didn't talk to me about anything. They didn't help me keep track of symptoms, and when I had altercations with my siblings, they didn't even try to protect them from me or me from myself. Now, as a 22-year-old on medication, my doctor just within the last month looked at my old records and was appalled because they started me as an 18-year-old who was very new to medications and very sensitive to them, especially when it was the dose that a grown adult will usually get for Adderall. So they did not advocate for me at all during this mentally troubling time. Immediately after being so hurt for almost a year, they took me to a therapist who noticed I was writing a story with an obvious self-insert and very influenced storylines from my day-to-day life. I remember when she asked to see my drawings, my mother actually pulled me from therapy. She said, I didn't send you here just so she could ask you about your stories. I sent you here so you can talk about how your ex messed you up. She's not doing this fast enough. Well, come to the end of the summer, and even though I was still struggling with leaving the house just for a Walmart trip, they sent me to school for college across the state and basically wiped their hands clean of me completely. It was then that I went into survival mode, and I believe my parents were right and that I needed this. So I did my best to fake it until I made it. I shouldn't have been there, but in the long run, it was what saved me. My friends I met there are some of the people who I've chosen as family, and I met my current fiancé while there through my friends. Funnily enough, I wasn't allowed off campus, even though my parents lived about two and a half hours away and wouldn't have known otherwise. It took convincing from one of my friends to go about two hours in another direction, and it's where I met my fiancé. My parents really did not like Connor, but they did like the free labor he did for them and how mature he was to keep me in line for them. Now they could pawn off all the driving around and all the emotional support for me over onto him because they never bothered to teach me how to drive or to get a job or even how to regulate my emotions. But Connor could do all of that quite well, so they let him teach me instead. But whenever the idea of him got brought up as my boyfriend, they would clam up. They didn't want me to date anyone, not after my ex. I thought it was them just worrying about me after such a horrible period in my life. And for the most part, at the time, I was grateful for it. Connor helped us move like five times. He did free things for my parents all the time, and he was nothing but respectful the entire time he's known them. But eventually, they moved to the same city I was going to college in, and I was going through a rough patch again. COVID had hit at the end of my freshman year, and now they were living here in my college town, and I started half online school for my sophomore year. Living with my parents again was an absolute nightmare. I was used to, at this point, of living in my own dorm, and I wanted to come and go as I pleased 
first. My friends got me rides, and I fought incredibly hard to get a job, until one day I applied anyways, and started working at a McDonald's. I was doing terribly in school, and I didn't want to be in it anymore. Distance learning was difficult for me, and they weren't doing anything to help me. My mental state was slowly becoming worse, and I wanted nothing more than to find my own place. During this time, my dad was constantly working overtime, and one day when I was probably at my lowest, he made a joke that he was picking up all the overtime just to get away from me, and I still remember this clear as day. I was mentally declining and becoming more and more erratic as time passes, because I was spiraling again, and they just sat by and watched it happen, while continuously judging me and making backhanded comments as I did. All the way up to this point, I was known for fashion or hygiene. I was constantly self-conscious, and I didn't have control over my ADHD, so I was never one to doll myself up. But me and Connor were going to go on a date, so I grabbed my prettiest dress, I put on some tights, and my favorite flats, and I did my hair all nice and even tried some makeup. I felt so pretty, and Connor was showing me his love by sending me text messages that were filled with compliments, and he was doing this while he was on his way to pick me up. My mom and siblings got there first, and my mom took one look at me and told me to go change. She even busted out laughing and was hysterical over my outfit. She couldn't calm down, and the reason she was laughing was because I'm a big-chested girl, and I had recently gained some weight because of a recent eating disorder that I was struggling with. So as a result, none of my clothes fit me. I was in tears and just put on my normal jeans and hoodie in almost 80-degree weather and ran to Connor's car in tears. They kept trying to call me back into the house, but I just told them to drive off without speaking to them. I didn't stay the night at their house for almost two days. My mom spent that first night texting me, saying that I was overreacting and that none of my clothes fit me and that yes, she should have been nicer to me, but honestly, I need to be more realistic about my fashion if I'm even going to attempt it in the first place. So if you could tell at this point, my mom had picked out almost every piece of clothing I owned and because I wasn't super skinny anymore, she was very upset whenever I showed any skin. Day-to-day life was getting worse by the day, but eventually I opened up artistic commissions. I posted it on Facebook for family and no one replied but my estranged grandmother on my mother's side asking for an insanely difficult piece to draw. I draw mostly pretty women in specific poses with pens or pencils and that's basically it. Especially then. She asked for a landscape drawing of her childhood home in a realistic watercolor drawing that she didn't have a reference of and hadn't seen since she was a kid. It was easily worth close to $150. Maybe more because I'm terrible with commission prices. But she offered me 60 bucks, and my mother asked if I was serious. I told her that for one, I disliked this woman to the point of purposefully not contacting her for almost a decade at that point. And for two, this was so far out of my comfort zone that I would have to learn new skills just to make it. And it's more than half off of what I should be getting paid. My dad then texted me asking me if I was serious. It de-evolved into an absolute contest of who can be colder and how fast I could move out. It wasn't pleasant and I will be the first to admit that. I was mentally unstable and I was lashing out at everyone. But I was also still a child who was still recovering from the toll of the medications that I was prescribed as well as their emotional indifference throughout most of my life, especially during the pandemic. So I moved in with my fiance, who was my then boyfriend. And this was the beginning of their pattern that they would pull literally to this day regardless of the situation. They finally texted me back after about a week or a week and a half and acted as if nothing had happened. They didn't specifically kick me out and I hadn't fought with them for days at
at that point. But instead of discussing what was going on, they wanted to discuss the football game and trivial things in their lives. Not the way they've been treating me or all the emotional turmoil I've been dealing with. Now, there are plenty more examples of how my parents have mistreated me and treated me like a child and completely neglected me emotionally and physically. But to fast forward to modern day, I'm going to be getting married to my fiance and they won't be there. I won't let them. And if I have a child, they simply won't see them. And I don't care if they cry or make me feel like I did something wrong. Because you know what? I'm not a bad person for being messed up. And the things that they constantly try to hold over me are just things that I did as a child. A child that they should have protected and should have protected my siblings from. And all their attempts over the years of trying to communicate with me were honestly all facades just trying to drag me back into their lives. So as a result, as of today, I have deleted all of their numbers and I've basically blocked them on everything as Connor and I can finally stand on our own two feet. I learned to drive on my own. I learned to pay bills on my own. I learned to budget and spend and how to exist all from my fiance. I had to forcibly teach myself how to manage my own mental health with the help of my fiance and my friends because they are awful people and I refuse to let them try and ruin my life any longer. There is a lot to unpack here. I do want to say that there were a lot of examples that the original poster provided that basically highlighted why their parents were absolutely awful. Stuff involving holidays as well as their parents' treatment towards Connor. It seriously was just super inappropriate and it was something that would honestly prove to anybody that their parents are super toxic. Like there's no excuse for the way they acted. But I think the original poster has it right. They've dealt with so much. They've had so many terrible things happen to them throughout their life and I think they owe it to themselves to get up and to move on with their lives and try and move past these terrible people who pretended to be her parent the entire time. I mean, they neglected her when she was a child. They stopped her from going to therapy and seeking any kind of help, all under the assumption that the therapist was not involved in a proper way, when in reality, the therapist was probably showing some kind of attention that the parents obviously never showed this kid growing up. And how awful is it that they just shipped him off to college and said, okay, have fun, like talk about a serious gamble of their finances. But it honestly does look like the original poster was able to figure things out. And that is literally no thanks to their parents. Their parents sound awful and the way they treated them is absolutely unacceptable. So hopefully for the sake of the original poster, their life is so much happier moving forward because they deserve it, especially considering all the garbage they had to put up with. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.